0: Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Adam Eisen Show. After an awesome week of NBA playoffs in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, I'm here today to bring you all my predictions ahead of the huge NBA Finals matchup between the Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics. Steph Curry versus Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart versus Klay Thompson, Draymond Green versus Jalen Brown. The duel starts this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and you're not going to want to miss it. But before we get into the actual NBA Finals matchup today, I want to talk a little bit about the terrific Eastern Conference Final series that unfolded in front of our eyes this past week, all thanks to one guy, all thanks to Playoff Jimmy. The dog we saw out on the floor last Sunday, last Friday, Game 6 and Game 7 from Jimmy Butler was nothing short of amazing. I came on the show last week, I'm sure some of you remember, and spoke to you all and said, I did not believe Boston had the toughness to mail it in with Miami. Boston had the talent, they had the culture, they had everything else above Miami. I didn't think they had the toughness to get it done with Miami, which they barely did in Game 7. What happened in that series against Miami was in no way thanks to any other person other than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler throughout the regular season, the past three years, he's only he's a player who has only averaged 21 a game in the regular season. He's not a great offensive player. But what showcases and what gets showcased every year in the playoffs is how great of an athlete Jimmy Butler is and how much of an asset that could be to a basketball team. In the last three regular seasons... He has no 40-point games. In the last three playoffs, he has six 40-point games, with many others falling just short, just like Game 7 did the other night when he had 35. This guy scored 24 points in the first half, playing all 48 minutes in Game 7, and gave it his absolute all. If you watched the game like I did and many others, what you saw was a Miami team who could not hit their shots and did not look like themselves. This was a team who was the number one overall seed in the East, won more games than anyone else. And besides one dog, Jimmy Buckets, that team did not show up and they only lost by four points. Jimmy was an absolute Animal on offense and defense for the entire game, game six and game seven. And most people's minds go back to the couple games where Jimmy Butler was hurt in this series and he scored seven, he scored 11, whatever. When it matters, Jimmy Butler sc- plays 48 minutes and he puts up 47, 35, whatever he needs to, to try and put his team in a position to win the game. And he deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do this season. Obviously, I think like others, and believe Jimmy should not have taken the potential lead changing three pointer with 17 and a half seconds left on the clock with no shot clock. But the man was the only person on the floor playing efficient, top tier basketball for the Miami Heat. He deserved to take that shot. He was the only guy who got them there, and he was the only guy who deserved to take them to the NBA Finals, especially since other guys like Kyle Lowry, who was there during the regular season, who was there earlier in the playoffs, weren't stepping up when it, they needed it mo- most. Jimmy Butler, without a doubt, was the only person who deserved to have his hands on the ball, he was the only person who deserved to shoot that ball, and he was probably the only person who had a chance at making that ball go in. Make no mistake, folks. Miami is extremely close. They are one more star away from being able to make a serious run at this. We've talked about it already. Jimmy Butler, he's not a serious offensive star. He is a great athlete that can do tremendous things. But in this day and age, you need the athlete and you also need the star. And that's what Miami needs to go out and get this offseason. At the end of the day... Like I said last week, Boston was the better team and is going to make the NBA Finals series much more interesting. All Miami was built on was great coaching, home court, good defense, and a dog in Jimmy B. And that's what scares me going into this NBA Finals series. The Boston Celtics were almost taken down by a team that only played them in above-the-shoulders basketball. They only played them in toughness and grit, and now they're going to a Warriors team that has everything. So transitioning on to this matchup, game one, it's going to be at Golden State, Boston Celtics at Golden State Warriors. The Warriors opened up at minus 160 money line favorites and minus 3.5 favorites in, at game, in game one at Golden State. When I look at Boston every time every time with them they have a three-headed monster. Every time Marcus Smart makes shots and puts up points, they easily win, which only happens every 3 to 4 games. I just don't think Boston will be able to engineer enough offense to beat Golden State, this powerhouse that we've known about since 2015. They will win the games against Golden State when all three of them, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, are all playing efficiently, which will only happen for probably two games this entire series. Boston's got a great team, especially on defense, which will make this series a lot closer and keep them in games, which they probably don't really deserve to be in. Boston's key this whole series will have to be not turning the ball over. The key or the common theme throughout the Miami series was Jimmy Butler and the other defensive guys on Miami getting turnovers from Boston. The way Miami came back against Boston and kept that series alive. With less talent, less turnovers, and playing tough, above-the-shoulders type basketball. We've talked about it. Giving up big runs and turnovers may have been okay against the Heat, but it will not work against the Warriors, who, like we've talked about, have the starters, have the bench, have the culture, have the depth, have the talent, and have Steph. They've been so, the Warriors have been in so many big games, so many finals. They have so many scores. It's the Warriors you have to pick here. I feel like they are the obvious pick. It's not Miami anymore. It's not a team where the Boston Celtics can just out talent. This is Golden State. Golden State just has far more players that have the ability to drop 15 to 20 points a game. If Tatum isn't relying on who, who Jalen Brown to score, Marcus Smart, who only comes alive in a couple of games, no one else is there for Tatum. With the Warriors now, we've got Poole, who completely elevated himself throughout the playoffs into someone who averages 25-3 and three a night. Then you've got Steph, Dre, and Clay, which we know what they do. Then you have Andrew Wiggins, who on any other team in this entire league would not work, but because of the leadership and skillful coaching by one of the smartest guys in NBA history, Steve Kerr. Andrew Wiggins fits into the Warriors' scheme absolutely perfectly and is the bigger body who can shoot that they were missing once Kevin Durant left. Like I've said, I think the defense for the Boston Celtics will keep them in games and will possibly win them a game or two, but I don't see this going to Game 7. I see this Max going to Game 6. And I see the Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all going on to win their fourth title since 2015. Warriors in 6. That's my pick. Now, transitioning on, a great storyline, just like the NBA. One of my favorite things about it. Series go on, the playoffs go on, the months of April, the months of May, the months of June, they go on, and all these storylines come out, and you look back in time at the NBA, and you can go look at where players used to be. Time to play my favorite game, which I play almost every week at this point, is where Katie and Kyrie are falling and all of this. Everybody, let's go take a look back in time together. The year is 2019. The Raptors just won the NBA Finals against the Warriors. It was time for Kawhi, Kyrie, KD, and a bunch of other stars to make their free agency decisions. The Boston Celtics, who just a year prior in 2018, went to the Eastern Conference Finals with an injured Kyrie, went up 3-2 against LeBron James and almost went to the NBA Finals. And Kevin Durant, if you remember, got hurt in the series against the Raptors, and that was a large part in why the team couldn't win. So despite KD and Kyrie being on these two great teams, the Boston Celtics, who just a year prior to 2019, went to the Eastern Conference Finals and almost the NBA Finals without their best player at the time in Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant being in the NBA Finals for his third straight year, having the possibility of the 3P, despite these guys being on two great teams who could continue to win and they would have some of the most dominant legacies ever who were the teams were also willing to pay them, they had won, been close to winning in previous years. they decided to go with their egos. They decided to take a chance on the Brooklyn Nets. So with a first-year head coach who should have never been a head coach in the first place, Katie and Kyrie headed to the Nets to try and just talent their way into a championship. They brought along guys like James Harden and Blake Griffin. While they were at it only to prove to be a dumpster fire of chemistry, selfishness, and ego. Which is proven not to work anymore in this league, if ever. This league can no longer just go off skill. You have to bond. You have to have chemistry with your teammates. It's not just all about talent. It's about depth. It's about bench. My point here is... And I'm sure it has clicked for everyone at this point. Kevin Durant played for the Warriors in 2019. Kyrie for the Celtics. And now both of these teams are playing each other just three seasons later in the NBA Finals. Which if KD and Kyrie both chose to sign their max contracts, they would be there to help. But they chose their egos over the opportunity to win championships. And it has forever cost them when it comes to us and judging their legacies. The last storyline I have for you today is, you all know I obviously believe, just like many others, Golden State is going to go on to win the NBA Finals this year. Sitting back last night preparing for this episode, I started to think about what this would mean if Golden State went on to win this year with the team they have put together, what this could mean for years to come, and what could be said seven years from now. Steph Curry, if he wins this NBA Finals, will now have four rings, the same amount as LeBron James in just six Finals appearances. Golden State has a much better shot than any other team in the West to come out of it again next season. Think about the run that Golden State went on for five years. Beginning in 2015, they won their first championship against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They won three out of five finals, playing in the most historic championship series ever against Cleveland in 2016. They take two years off due to injuries, you know, Clay, Steph, you know, all that. Kevin Durant left, not being able to get the team right, salary cap being messed up, and now they are back. Likely to win another title and have the same opportunities players like Michael Jordan have had. Like Kobe Bryant have had. To put together two different dynasties in their careers. If Golden State let's say, in the next four to six to seven years, which is what I believe Steph Curry has left, he's 34 now, went to two finals and won. After they won this year, he's got Steph Curry hypothetically now has four rings. Steph Curry goes and he wins two more finals, maybe even three. The debate we will have on our hands when it comes to Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan will be electric. Everyone knows Steph Curry has changed the game of basketball. You can go to AAU games, high school basketball, middle school basketball, hell, even down to youth basketball. Kids are pulling up from three now nonstop because they want to be like the first ever unanimous MVP in 2016. One of the most prolific seasons ever where the Golden State Warriors went and won 73 games. They want to be like the guy who led them there. Now, doesn't that sound like another thing that used to get said? Michael Jordan used to be a big star, or was a big star, is a big star. You all know what I'm saying. He spread the game of basketball to places like China. He was in all these commercials, got the shoe deals, and the saying was everybody wanted to be like Mike. And obviously, LeBron James, people want to be like him, but LeBron is a different physical specimen. To be his size and be able to run as fast as he is and do the things, jump as high and not get hurt, to be able to do what he's able to do, that's a one in a million shot. But to be able to shoot the basketball from three... Enough practice, anybody can do that. The same way people used to practice Mike's move, switching in midair with the hands going up for the layup, dunking, stuff like that. People want to be like Mike. People are now wanting to be like Curry. He has the three-point record with plenty of time left in his career. There could be a real case made in a few years for a new GOAT which would surprisingly not be named LeBron James. I mean, think about what Michael Jordan did for the nation, did for basketball, did for the world. He was a huge star. Everyone wanted to be like Mike, which obviously LeBron was the golden child. LeBron was the chosen one. That's a one in a million, one in a billion shot. But people can go out and be like Steph. And now Steph Curry has obviously changed the game of basketball on a global scale and could have two separate dynasties with five or six rings to go along with that resume. Now, I'm not saying he could never take over Michael Jordan, but these two players Michael Jordan and Steph Curry, I think when it's all said and done, will have the two biggest impacts on the game of basketball. And Steph Curry will have a bigger impact on the game of basketball than LeBron James had at the end of the day. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another edition of The atomizing Show. I'll be back to break down the first few games of this series in episode 32. But until then, be on the lookout for my YouTube shorts, which give all sorts of sports updates and betting advice. Until next time, peace.